Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. It is worse than the most awful four-letter curse word you have ever heard. This dirty little three-letter word actually kills and destroys and separates us from God. That three-letter word is sin. Sin is something that's infected and affected the entire human race. Everybody, all, have sinned. There is none righteous. That's what the scriptures teach us. But there's great news, and that great news is there is a way out. Sin brings a penalty, and the penalty is paid by Jesus Christ. It was paid when he died on the cross for all of those who will believe in him. I want to make that clear. The penalty is paid for all who believe and trust in Jesus and Jesus alone are converted, turn their life over to him. I go into great detail about that on the previous podcast, and I would refer you to podcast 153. Look it up. I would really encourage you to listen to that one because it gives that great news that frees us up. But there's another well-known reality about sin, even for those of us who have been forgiven. For those of us whose penalty has been paid for, there's still another reality of sin. And it's best illustrated by what Paul said in Romans chapter 7, verses 15 and following. Listen carefully. Paul said, For what I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. Do you ever find yourself in that position? But if I do the very thing that I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. And by the way, we know that the law can't save us. That's what he means. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but the sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, in my body. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I am doing the very thing that I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but the sin which dwells in me. Now, Paul is not blame shifting. He's just saying that that as a believer, as a converted believer whose sin has been paid for and forgiven, when he sins, he is very sensitive to the sin that is still in his life. And nobody sinlessly perfect uh, in, in a practical sense, in a day-to-day uh, living. No one is. We all fall. We all sin from time to time. And, and so Paul is talking about that. He's sensitive about that. He's frustrated about the sin that is in him. And, and he says, I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. And by the way, if you've truly been saved, you've been converted, you are a true follower of Christ, there's something that I know for sure. Your desire changes. You want to do good. You may not always accomplish it. I know I don't always accomplish it. I fail many times. But I, I, I have a desire deep in me to do the right thing. And Paul said, I have the desire that's present in me. I want to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. But I see a different law in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? 
Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh the law of sin. He's talking about that struggle that's going on in all of us as believers. We all struggle with this area of sin. Even though the penalty is paid and we are forgiven, we still struggle with sin on a day-to-day basis. But thank God we can have victory over sin through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Something that I, that I just read. Romans chapter 5 verses 20 and 21 say this. The law came in so that the transgression would increase. In other words, when the law was laid down, we know what sin is. And it, and it increased. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Aren't you glad for that? Super abounding grace. So that as de- sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so where sin is in our life, grace superabounds. But that raises a question. Does that mean then that since grace is there, we just go ahead and sin because grace is going to superabound in sin? Here's what Paul said in Romans 6 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? And then he answers his own question in verse 2. He says, May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? How shall we who died to sin still live in it? As a matter of fact, he goes on to explain that not only is the penalty paid for sin, but now he's going to say the power of sin is broken in the life of a believer. Now, what he's not saying is we automatically become sinlessly perfect. Again, there's no human being walking this earth that's uh, without sin and that does not sin. There was only one man that did that. That was the man, Christ Jesus, the God-man, Christ Jesus. But uh, so so that sin is, is still something that we wrestle with. But for the believer, the power of sin is broken in our life. We don't have to sin. Let me put it another way. Someone who has not been forgiven, who has not come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they are a sinner by nature, and they can do nothing but sin. Now, they may say, well, I cannot, I don't have to do this, or I don't have to do that, or or, I can go without doing this, but they are prisoners of sin. You know, there's some so-called good sinners, and there's some really bad sinners in the eyes of people, but in the eyes of God, all of them are infected with the poison of sin. All, all are. And and those who have not known the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, they're under the power of sin. They have to sin. They will sin. But when we come to Jesus Christ and are forgiven, not only the penalty is taken away, but the power of sin is broken in our lives so that we can live victorious lives. In other words, we do not have to be bound in the chains of sin. Will a Christian sin from time to time? Absolutely. Will a believer uh, be sensitive to that sin and aware of it and not like it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and does a believer want to repent of that sin and, and turn from it? Yes. Yes, that happens because the power of sin is uh, broken. Now, we still deal with the presence of sin while in this flesh. 
that that sin is in our flesh. We just read that uh, just a few minutes ago in Romans chapter seven. Uh, there there is that principle that the, that in the flesh it, it is infected by sin. See, uh, the flesh is not only our body, but it is it is our lifestyle. See, uh, before we came to Christ, we had habits of sin, and those old habits die hard and it is a process of growth it's a process of renewing our mind it's a process of 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 growing in Jesus Christ and and replacing it with the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ but still we deal with sin the presence of sin while in this flesh so uh, here is here is a question how does victory over sin the appropriation of of the broken power of sin how does that work practically in my life how practically speaking do i realize this uh power over sin how do i realize the fact that the power of sin is broken in my life on a practical ongoing day-to-day in the the flesh uh, a practical basis how does it do it well I believe, again, the answers are here in Romans chapter 6. First of all, we recognize uh, on an ongoing basis what has happened when we were saved. What has happened, and it's happening on an ongoing basis. Romans 6, verses 6 through 11 say this, Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with Christ in order that our body of sin might be done away with or rendered ineffective. That's what it is rendered ineffective so that we know or would no longer be slaves to sin for he who has died is freed from sin so we died with christ we're freed from sin now if we have died with christ we believe that we shall also live with him knowing that christ having been raised from the dead is never to die again death no longer is master over him For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, that's for us, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves, hear this, even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And so, first thing, if we're going to realize the uh, power of sin broken in our lives, we have to recognize as, as an ongoing mindset, as an ongoing reality, we've got to recognize, appropriate the fact that that uh, when we were saved, we died with Christ. That old sin died and we're alive to Christ and Christ's life is in us. We've got to recognize that. We've got to understand it. But secondly... We have to stop yielding. We've got to stop yielding to or presenting our bodies to sin. Just we've got to stop doing it. Uh, and make a choice to stop doing it. We have the power of Jesus Christ. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Romans 6 verses 12 and 13a say this, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments or weapons of unrighteousness. Just don't do it. Stop. Romans chapter 7, verse 5 says this, For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit of, to bear the fruit of death. But now we have been released. We've been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the law. And so uh, we, have to, we have to understand that and just stop presenting our body. So when the temptation comes, and it will come, it does come, doesn't it? 
whatever the temptation is, whatever sin hounds you, whatever temptation hounds you, when that temptation comes, you just, you've got to, one, realize that, that, that the power of Christ is there for you to be able to overcome it. Number two, you've got to not present your body, your members of your body, whether it's your mind, your hands, your eyes, your ears, your mouth, whatever it is that causes you to sin, just, just don't present it. Don't present it. And then thirdly, yield yourself to God. Yield yourself. Verse 13, the end of the verse says, But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead, and your members as instruments or weapons of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. And that word present just keeps coming up. Present, yield, present. It's the idea of of making your body a living sacrifice, of saying, God, this is not uh, mine. I am yours. I was bought by your uh, blood, by your power, and I am yours, and your life is in me, and so I am not going to yield myself to that sin. The power of sin is broken in my life, but I'm going to yield. I'm going to surrender to you, and I'm going to surrender in obedience to you. And can I just wrap it up by saying this? Romans 12, 1 says... Uh, t- tells us that that we are to present ourselves to the Lord, and then verse two says, uh, talks about uh, don't be conformed to this world, but be renewed by be be renewed, uh, uh, transformed rather by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed, be changed from the inside out by the renewing of your mind. And so, how do we renew our mind by getting in the Word of God? Allow the Spirit of God to bring the Word. The more words you put in, and begin obeying that word, that is yielding. That's presenting yourself to God. And through the power of the Word of God and the Spirit of God who wrote the Word of God, we can present ourselves to God and we can overcome sin. Aren't you glad the penalty of sin has been paid and you're forgiven? But aren't you glad that the power of sin has been broken in your life? You don't have to sin. You can walk in victory. And so by God's grace, I pray that you will choose to do that. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.